Hello, my name is James Baldwin and welcome to another episode of the Oz F1 show. This episode we get to talk about in a pre-drinking fashion the Styrian Grand Prix in Austria ahead of the Austrian Grand Prix in Styria. And I'm joined, <laughs> as always, by one half of the T, the Thomas train. It is the Tommy T, the best Thomas at all. Um, yeah. Thank you to you for not defending my honour at all whilst I was in witness protection. <laughs> you are so welcome. Um, and also for probably not going as hard as you probably have could do. <laughs> yeah, Always interesting listening to my own podcast in uh, and just being able to not say anything. And then I message you about it and neither of you reply. <laughs> just really makes me feel really good and loved. But someone who will feel a lot more loved is uh, a special guest on this episode. It's Dave Manis. G'day, mate. G'day, gents. Thank you for having me. Good to well, be here. It's uh, it's a much better lineup than if we had Campy. He's in the bush somewhere now on witness <laughs> protection, doing something else. Who knows? Allegedly, he was coming to Sydney, um, but uh, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, not. Also, congratulations on you to you guys for being able to hold a uh, we're not in lockdown over me for a change. <laughs> it's about time. It's nice. Thank you for that. Thank you for that Trojan horse earlier this week. Though that came down here and. Oh, you're welcome. Trying to spread it. <laughs> no worries. Well, yeah, it's better, better than your Trojan horses that came through to go to Queensland and it's just useless. <laughs> Bloody sure. Victorians. Anyway, hey. we're not here to talk about that, although I'm sure Campy would be encouraging us to talk more about how useless Daniel Andrews is. Um, we're here to talk about Styria and uh, everything from the end of the French Grand Prix to now. I will say, because I didn't get an opportunity to say it last time, that the French Grand Prix was bloody awesome. So, Tommy, if you could just do a commentator's curse for this weekend. Yep. This is going to be very dry. Um, we're going to see no crashes, no incidents whatsoever. It's going to be very clean and boring race. Excellent. So the Formula One gods, if you've heard that, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we come out of an excellent race in Formula One um, and hopefully into another good one. But I fear that Formula One has this sort of tendency to go really, really good for one race and then average for about three races in a row. Uh, Manus, this, what is Austria to you? Do you like this track? Is this a Red Bull-dominated track? Talk to us. What do you think? Uh, Austria for me is in my top five. I absolutely love this place. It's a little bit like spa where the weather's unpredictable. It can rain in a heartbeat. It's uh, and it's a beautiful track as well. Set in hills. Absolutely fantastic. So I love this place. It always generates good racing. Uh, last year was great. Um, so yeah, very much looking forward to, uh, to this one and that weather looks fantastic for this weekend it's it's gonna rain lads thunderstorms it's gonna be torrential rain bring it on oh i love that not to a point of totally cancelling it but let's just get a torrential (laughs) point where the drivers are absolutely soaking wet in the cockpit of the car and still able to do some effective racing and that means we can have a dry race next weekend and then have two different really grand prix's 
in a row, which is what we had last year, which is why I think, you know, and especially with the first races after COVID, this was a good double-headed combo because, mm. as you say, Manas, it's a great track. It's beautiful. Um, the helicopter shots are fantastic. I'm looking forward to the flyover. Oh, We're going to have the Red nine. Bull team. There's going to be an upside-down helicopter. I can already give it a <laughs> 9 out of 10. I don't even need to see it. Whoa, that's early. Yeah. It might even be 10 out of 10, depending. Um, if we can get David Coulthard in that plane – I, have you seen that video yet of DC driving, I don't know which RB it was, like 13 or whatever, and um, a, uh, a 300 Extra S Red Bull plane inverted, flying inverted over top. Actually, instead of like Top Gun, him going, oh, like wow. this, and it was all CGI, it, it's legit. That close. Incredible. Wow. Incredible. Nice. Uh, DC is an absolute maniac. Um, but almost, uh, and look, he's a, he's a good commentator, isn't he, Munnist? Almost as good as Paul DeResta. Ah, oh, not a touch on Paul DeRasta. <laughs> Absolute gun. Uh, no idea guy. why you like Love Yeah, no idea why. Um, okay, well, look, let's talk about some news that's happened in the last couple of days. Uh, first of all, Tommy T, Sochi in the bin, St. Petersburg, now on track from 2023, I believe. Good, glad about it. Get rid of it. Sick of it. It's a car park. It's concrete. I don't know. It's... um. Sochi's not really anything other than it was the place where the Olympics were. So I don't mm. know why we kept going back there. I'd much prefer to be in St. Petersburg, something interesting. In other formulas, that's actually a really fun track as well. So excited to see what happens for Formula One to go there. The only good thing about Sochi has been the anthem. Uh, it's can't be can attest <laughs> to. So um, let's go to St. Petersburg. I tried to do some research, but my Russian is terrible. So uh, I can't give you anything on the, on the track, lads. It's, yeah. And this would be a, a faux um, home race for the Finnish guys as well because it's not really that far, which would be good. So you could get some um, some fans up there, which would be nice. Is it actually a Russian if track or is it a VB Russian? still has a drive. Well, there you go. Is, <laughs> is it a Russian Automotive Federation neutral track? <laughs> are, they, are we allowed to have a Russian Grand Prix or is it an RAF Grand yeah. Prix? Uh, but let's talk about VB Munis because, I mean, he's not long for Mercedes for, really for next year, is he? He's going to probably go to Williams. What do we think, apart from him being the only one that's going to miss Sochi and because it was sponsored by him too. It's always VB <laughs> on the background of every sponsor board. What thoughts on Bottas moving forward? Uh, look, he's a really good driver. It's just a shame that he's, um, you know, he's up against the best and possibly the greatest of all time. So uh, how he will be remembered uh, will be shaped by that and how he uh, raced against Lewis. Uh, and look... On his day and qualifying, he can he can you know qualify ahead of Lewis. It's just when it gets to the race, does he have his elbows out enough? And um, he probably doesn't have that grit determination that we saw with Rosberg when he came up against Lewis. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him in the sport. Um, he is a good driver. He is a good guy. Uh, you know, he's dating an Australian, so obviously we have to uh, support him. Uh, <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> yeah, so. Where he goes, not sure, but can't see him staying in Mercedes. Uh, that relationship looks like it's uh, done and dusted. Yeah, and I certainly, Tommy T, you know, we were saying a little bit earlier that he's getting a little bit grumpy on the radio now, but it's almost yeah. too little too late, isn't it, for him to be sort of doing that, inverted commas, more like Rosberg-style performing. 
Yeah, I think it's a little bit too late maybe for him staying at Mercedes, but there's every chance if he shows some stuff now that might entice another team to take a punt on him more so than if he just lies down for the rest of the season like he has been at the start. So it's still to play for. It's obviously not at Mercedes, though, is the thing. So he's got to make sure that he's kind of building up his credibility again for all those other teams. Like, I am a valuable driver. Give me the number one spot or give me the right car and I will perform against my teammate. I'm kind of getting like smashed here by Mercedes because they're just using me as a pawn to make sure that Lewis is getting the results that they want. And he has left us with the best meme of all time. <laughs> Fantastic. Sliding into the weekend. How good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about that little moment that he had because uh, as we said again, a little bit earlier, um, he came out of the pit box to put some rubber down and everyone does it, don't they really? But this is the first time that we've seen someone make such an error. It's almost a shame that it was him and not someone like Mazepin um, who we would have been like, well, that makes more sense. He's a rookie. He's good at spinning <laughs> around and that, you know, is a thing. But for Valtteri, who has probably some of the best car control on track because of what he does in his winter breaks with a WRC car for him to do that uh, either a there's must have been a little bit of water on the painted um, sort of sponsored bit between the actual pit lane and the box area or something else is going on but Manus, they were start Mercedes was saying they were trying to do something new for a pit stop um yeah I'm not sure what that was um yeah didn't hear that sorry but Look, genuine mistake. It just looked like a lack of concentration. Just lost it. It looked worse than it was. Um, but yeah, good on the uh, McLaren pet guys for helping them out. That was uh, yeah. pretty funny to see. That was good. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like the to be honest, the three place group penalty seems harsh. But anything in the pit lane that's dangerous like that with people around, you kind of have to just do. It needs to be black and white. I don't think you can really question that one. Um, I think they were trying to start in second, trying to mitigate some tire spin and maybe help that warm-up phase of like fresh tires going on. They're trying to see what they can do and put more energy through the brakes and things like that. So wheel spin off the line is ideal, but doing it in second is an obviously a higher, higher RPM. So that's kind of what we thought they were trying to do. But like uh, you mentioned it before in the pre-taping that this happens in other formulas, but we very rarely see it in Formula 1, if ever, the spin in the pit lane. Um, other than our... Good mate, Roman, who <laughs> 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 mentioned that he's part of the club now, which is what we love. <laughs> oh, VB. Well, look, who knows? He might go to do a seat swap with Williams and Williams end up being the uh, second fastest grid on the car. <laughs> I'm never not ever going to say that. That has to be merch. That's going to be yeah. a, that's going to be a new t-shirt surely in the next couple yeah. of weeks. Um, but that that would be poetic justice, Tommy T, for George Russell to you know go push, push, push. I need to get into the Mercedes seat. Gets into the Mercedes seat. Mercedes. It goes back to being you know fifth, sixth, kind of that Schumacher era of Mercedes sort of flailing in the middle. If George Russell swamped. can be, yep. If he can be the new Hulk. I would be so happy, <laughs> like in a sadistic, freakish way if if he could end up being the guy to never have a point in all of F1 career. That'd be hilarious. This would oh, be sad for him. This would be the but. only Formula One commentary show saying that about George Russell because <laughs> everyone else, including Sky, is all about George Russell, all about him. Which is kind of why I'm against yeah, it. Yeah, I'm so sick of hearing how good this guy is at the back. Classic Just Australian be better. tall poppy syndrome. We will cut you down. How dare you? 
<laughs> clearly, clearly we are better at driving than you are, obviously. Uh, I'm sure you're a lovely guy and, of course, you're listening to this podcast. Shout out to you. Um, <laughs> the other bit of news, boys, is that uh, Turkey is doing a John Farnham and is uh, back again, got cancelled, came back. Um, yep. and it's replacing Singapore. That's a bit sad. Tommy T, it's your birthday weekend, so we're going to have yep. to uh, have a bit of a different celebration for you. We were going to try and go to Singapore if it was possible, but it's not going to happen now, is it? No. Can't really get to Turkey either. Um, I do like Singapore. I think it's different. I like how how unique it is. It's not always the best racing, but it does have that kind of like spanner in the works potential with a bit of chaos. And we have seen that in the past. It's produced good races. But Turkey's a good replacement, to be honest. Like, it's not like we're getting, oh, let's do Abu Dhabi 7 or something dumb where we just have to drive around and do stupid stuff. It's at least a good replacement. So, And Turkey was there originally, so not mad. Manus, there's a whole stack of European racetracks that we're probably likely to go back to this year because it's unlikely now that Australia is going to be a thing. Japan's not going to be a thing. Brazil's probably not going to be a thing. Mexico's not going to be a thing. So there's at least four more races that we need to find. We've got Mugello, potentially Jerez again. There's a couple of others, uh, but, you know, we're going to the Netherlands this year, which is going to be bloody fantastic to see too. I wouldn't mind a double header there just so we can see what kind of racing that decides. Is there anywhere else that we can potentially go? Yeah, Zamvort or whatever it's called. I mean, that's going to be great to see. Uh, especially, it's going to be a sea of orange with Max fans there. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure Silverstone. Potentially, we could see something happen there. Um, given that uh, Boris Johnson has said that they can have full attendance, I believe. Yes. It's a test yeah. test weekend for COVID. So. Massive super spreader event coming right up. But uh, because they've got, you know, bringing in the fans, I reckon, yeah, there's potential there for that to happen again. And who knows, we'll probably do four or five races in Italy this season like last season, and that's always good fun. The other thing to notice is uh, to note, sorry, as well, is uh, mentioning Abu Dhabi, they've actually changed the layout of the circuit, uh, which I've just Have remembered. They- if they started again and got rid of the whole track and gone somewhere else, that'd be great. Yeah, that, that was, that's called Jeddah. Uh, unfortunately, both of them exist. But, yeah, they've, they've changed um, the, the new track, which sorry, the track layout, which is going to hopefully find better racing and better overtaking. Uh, I'm just pulling it up now. So we're getting rid of the stupid, weird kind of sections along the back straight and coming into that massively long straight instead of that little kink where I think um, Hulkenberg was hanging upside down like a cow, which is always weird. I think it's like I'm hanging upside down like a cow in here. I'm like, do you mean at the butcher? Are you dead? I don't understand. Um, anyway, and and the back circuit, the back uh, end where um, Lando Norris, I think, uh, was passed in 2019 by Sergio Perez and Perez said that was the best overtake I've ever done in my career. And Lando's like, oh, against me? Anyway, so there's they've smoothed those corners out. So it's just one corner now rather than a whole uh, chink. But, of course, it's still going to be rubbish because who knows how you create a brand new track in, in a new era and then still have terrible racing. Um, yeah. Anyway, is what it is. But that will be exciting to look at. All right, boys, let's talk about qualifying itself. Uh, And the first bit about qualifying I want to talk about is Nicholas Latifi, Tommy T, our favorite Canadian, terrifying the crap out of other teams. Love that. He scared the crap out of them. They all thought they were safe. They're like, we better put another lap in because if the track's going that quickly and Latifi's putting in laps like that, we better get our butts out of the pits. But 
we don't get to see much of Latifi um, just because of the footage that we get in the the Sky coverage. But I think he's in, he's doing really well. George Russell is the god that we're constantly told for our Sky, so he pales in comparison, obviously. But I think he's actually doing really well. I think Williams are happy with him. Um, it just depends on like Manus alluded to earlier, what happens with other drivers, but I think he's fairly safe and he'll continue in formula one for the time being. And yes, certainly if Williams comes towards the front, we might be able to see him in the middle uh, and actually being able to see his, his skills. Yes, he's a pay driver, but you know, he seems to be a good bloke apart from when he almost uh, trips over on wires hanging down and (laughs) axes himself and has a bit of a laugh. But Manus, your thoughts on on him for this year and next year and his kind of performance in that time? Yeah, I think he's pretty much locked in. I mean, he brings a lot of money to the table as well. Um, so that that certainly helps, especially for a team like Williams. And great to see that lap yesterday. I mean, as uh, Tommy T alluded to, he scared the hell out of um, a lot of teams with that lap. So... There's a bit of a scramble for teams to get back out. So that was good to see. And I honestly thought um, he was going to beat George Russell for the first time. Um, but oh, sadly, didn't materialise. <laughs> One Look, maybe he, maybe he is this weekend. He gets the point for Williams. Because Tommy oh, T, please. you'd love nothing more, would you? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Everyone else getting a point except for him. <laughs> so, all of our money on Nick Latifi for this weekend. <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, Russell starts in P10, doesn't he, because of uh, Yuki's penalty. And he was penalised for impeding Bottas going into turn four. Uh, I mean, it's such a short lap, this track, isn't it? And I'm sure that your race engineer is going to be in your rear every three and a half seconds with behind, you know, whoever, hot yeah. pass lap, now this, find the gap, go, 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 into nine ten, whatever it is. Um, it's hard to get out of the way. Manus, I think we also saw Gasly like in coming into four, going into like the break between the braking boards to yeah. get out of the way of Verstappen. Yeah. I I actually think uh, Yuki was looking in his mirrors at that awesome helicopter shot <laughs> from behind as yeah. he was getting yeah. to T9. I mean, yeah. I'd be doing that. So yeah, that was probably what. But like, yeah, as you say, he, um, he got interviewed about it and he tried to explain it. Uh, didn't really, um, you know, his explanation wasn't great. Um, uh, look, yeah, it is what it is. He deserves to be punished for it. Three places, possibly a bit harsh. I mean, Valtteri got the same for sliding down the pit lane, which is way more dangerous. So, mm. yeah, mm. it is what it is. At least he gets, um, Yuki gets to pick his own tyres for tomorrow. So that's good for him. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, if it's, you know, we've seen Gasly's pace as well. It qualified in six, which is amazing. And as we said earlier before recording that he is on an absolute blinder this year. It's the best result that Toro Rosso slash AlphaTauri have seen ever in their history. He ha- is really comfortable with that car. He seems to be really happy too, but uh, where does he go next? Tommy T, this is the big question, isn't it? I genuinely don't think there's anywhere better for him than where he is right now. If if that team is going to keep investing money into the team getting better into him, I think he's probably in the best spot because I don't think the big team at Red Bull is going to take him back. I don't think Mercedes or Ferrari are going to give him a crack. And if McLaren continued, they don't have free seats. So genuinely the best spot for him is probably right where he is and you just hope that they are more of a sister team than a junior kind of baby team like they have been in previous years. But 
he's doing great things with that car. That Honda Power Unit is doing wonders, and I think the team is really rallying around him and giving him the best opportunity for points and podiums on occasion. Yeah, and he's, he seems very happy as well, which is good to see. Um, it was hard watching when he was at Red Bull and he had his struggles, and uh, now every time he's interviewed, he seems very happy, buoyant, he's happy to be there, uh, and he's enjoying his racing. So that, that's good to see for him. It seems like both Gasly and Albon, both really lovely guys and potentially part of the reason as to why they didn't succeed in that environment, uh, not because they weren't fast drivers, they both are, and Albon also doing a great job in DTM, um, as much as people say, oh, it's DTM, but that's bloody good racing. I think, Manus, you have watched a little bit of that recently too, and it's worth watching if you haven't. It's it's a fantastic motorsport series. Um, but really for, for him, you're right. Is it that he just stays in that team forever and then and sort of leaves and does a Sergio Perez at, uh, you know, Force India come racing point, all that kind of era? Or does he find himself being able to jump into an Alpine or whatever? Depend- Look, as you say, who knows what's going to happen next year? The regulation changes. Contracts are really worth nothing. They, all these teams can pay out these drivers separate to their budget caps if they wanted to get rid of them. Um, well, I, I imagine anyway, to be able to yeah. pull in someone new and considering how consistent he has become in this car, like he's up around that sixth position. He's outperforming Daniel Ricciardo at the moment um, consistently. And uh, that's, you know, he's only second to Norris in terms of uh, points finishes this, this, uh, this year. Let's talk about those two then Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo. Lando consistent, very quick, getting all over the top of it. Um, but he's kind of showing Daniel up a little bit, isn't he? Manus, what are your thoughts on this whole situation with DR and Lando? Yeah, like it's hard for DR. Um, he had a really good Friday. Um, things were looking good during practice one, practice two. Car looked good. He seemed happy. Um, you know, seems like uh, yesterday in qualifying was a bit of a step back. Even in P3, he was struggling. So whether there's changes to conditions i'm not quite sure and um, when he was interviewed after qualifying he didn't really he couldn't put his finger on what went wrong um and that's a bit of a concern um and then lando's just absolutely killing it at the minute um up there and starting a p3 tomorrow thanks to um Valtteri's, um three place penalty grid penalty so um that's going to be interesting to see hopefully Tomorrow he gets uh, DR gets really good uh, strategy calls and um, yeah who knows whether everything else could play into it. I've got high hopes for him. Um, he can certainly come from from the back to the front very quickly. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and like he did in France and watched his onboards from previous years to find the best line through. Hopefully he's doing that tonight or last night rather to to see where he's able to put the car into the best position. And this is like, you know, if you're on that outside line, it's a hard place to be because you end up going over the crest into one and going Mm. very, very wide. So if he can get himself on the inside, which then sets him up nicely into coming down the hill into four, that's where he, he needs to be. And he knows that. And we know he's a solid driver. Let me just get these stats and then Tommy T, we get your opinion on this as well. Um, I just want to do a comparison between his first couple of rounds uh, or the first eight rounds at uh, Renault and compared to the first seven rounds, at least for points wise for uh, him in McLaren. So in 2019, he had 16 points in the first seven rounds 
um, for Renault and that included a couple of DNFs and that's hard to swallow for him. I mean, we were all kind of a little bit sort of nicer to him, I suppose, whilst he was finding his feet and we said, you know, the braking system's different and it's hard for him to, to have that you know, ability to get comfortable with the car. Of course, in Australia, he ripped his front wing off trying to go wide. Um, they've since <laughs> patched up that bit of grass for absolutely no reason. They could have waited till 2024 to, to have done that, it seems. <laughs> um, but to have two, uh, three DNFs uh, in Azerbaijan, in Bahrain and in Australia, um, he got some points in China and Monaco and Canada, but uh, we weren't too harsh on him, were we? We think back to it. So that was a total of 16 points. But compared to this year, he's only finished outside the points once, which was Monaco. And yeah, and we know how hard that was for him. I mean, it is his, technically his home race because he lives there. Uh, and it's it's all based on qualifying. He didn't have a good qualifying session, so it meant he was going to finish out of the points always. But everywhere else, he's performed inside the points. He's got 34 points to date. So that's it. that is better than what he was doing in this time in the 2019 Renault. So let's just keep that in the back of our minds as everyone in the Australian journalist society smashes him for <laughs> uh, being a not good driver and that Lando's showing him up. Yeah, Lando is showing him up at the moment, but he's had three years in that car. He's helped develop the car to the point where it's at. It's all about 2022 for Daniel, isn't it, Tommy T? Yeah, I think... It's, it's tough to watch because we know that Daniel is so good, but he is obviously trying to figure some stuff out. He's working with the team. He was happy with the setup, like we mentioned on Friday, but then Saturday, for whatever reason, the changes they made somewhat went backwards and he didn't have the balance in the car that he wanted. He was shocked as well, like Manus had mentioned, that as to why he was slower. So that just goes to show that it's something not him. He's he's confident with how and where he's putting the car. And we've heard this in weeks previous as well, that he's like, I'm pretty confident with where I'm putting it to cut the car, just not where it should be and doing what I think it should be doing kind of thing. So I think this year is somewhat of a write-off anyway. We kind of knew that with the regulation changes that should have come in this year and are coming in next year. This is just a fact-finding year for DR and we've kind of got to just ride the waves and just hope we get some good results in the meantime. It's all to play for next year and I think he's just using this as a massive testing period to try and find some stuff here and there, work with the team, build relationships, get some confidence, those kind of things. But you're dealing with a guy who is, A, a very good driver in Lando and someone who's been at that team for a very long time and is – has now stepped into the top role seemingly after Sainz has created that vacuum leaving. Um, and he, he's, he was always going to have the upper hand with Daniel coming in without as like with reduced practices, with reduced testing preseason, all those kind of things. So we forget that as well, that he's driven the car probably half the amount you would normally in a year this year because of the reduced practice times and mileage that he's been able to do. He just hasn't had the opportunity to get that under him. So I'm not too stressed. It's It sucks to see. Um, we know he's got a good support network. He will bounce back. We know he's a good driver. We know he's competitive. We just got to have some patience. We just praised Pierre Gasly as well for having a good season. But in the uh, championship, Pierre is only three points ahead of Daniel. So yeah, we are probably expecting too much from Daniel in his first season in this car. Uh, and McLaren are sitting in third position I think in the constructors so all in all he's contributing and um, I'm sure Zach would be more than happy with that third third position on the constructors so you know it, absolutely Tommy I agree with you it's just this season uh, 
it's just all about learning, learning the team, getting to know his engineers, all the rest of it, and working that car for next year. Yeah, and if you don't think that, uh, you can f- put yourself in the bin next to Tommy and Michael Massey and Pierre Gasly. <laughs> it's Campus Bin. That's he owns it. Uh, it's it's getting quite full, but put yourself there it too. Um, and if you disagree with us, you're wrong. So just take that. <laughs> um, Fernando Alonso and Ocon is the next interesting pairing to talk about because. Manus Alpine, if Danny stayed at Alpine, you know, you said this before we started recording, he's not exactly would have been smashing results out of the park and finishing where he was last year in equivalent to, to Renault. So, again, good move for him. But uh, the Alpine's just not nearly as quick as it was. No, there seems to be from track to track, the Alpine uh, can be good one week and uh, terrible the next. Um, that said... Uh, Fernando really enjoyed his uh, qualifying lap yesterday, really happy with the car, uh, and he seems in very buoyant mood. He's really happy camper. Uh, Ocon, I mean, he's been celebrating his uh, contract extension by delivering some terrible results, including yesterday's <laughs> qualifying. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, how that car performed uh, this weekend, especially uh, in the wet. Yeah, but Alonso, it's going to rain. Manus has predicted the rain and he knows what's going on. But Alonso's <laughs> looking very good, to be honest. Um, he's dominating. Um, he finished his lap, I think it was in Q2, and he was just like, don't care what the time was. That was just a ripping lap. We've kind of got a little bit of blissed out hippie version of uh, Le- uh, <laughs> Nando coming in and he's just like, it's all about just – the ride, man. It's not so much about the time. It's all good. Just cruising through. <laughs> uh, he's so different, isn't he, compared to how he was at McLaren, where he was just so angry all the time. Has he learned his lesson yeah. and is just not going to burn this bridge? I think he's just realized that this is where his career is now. He's not as young as he was. He's not in the most competitive car. If he can get a win or a podium here and there, he'll be stoked. I think that's what he's here for. He just loves racing. He's a competitive guy. So if he can kind of just stay in it and enjoy what he's doing, I think he'll continue to do it. Like Kimmy. Kimmy knows he's not winning a world championship, but that guy still loves driving. So that's why he's going to stick around. And that's pretty evident the way he reacted to that lap. He's like, that one just felt good. He's like, I don't care what the time was. That was a ripper. And 2022, who knows? Again, Alpine might sort of come towards the front. All right, lads, let's talk about what we can expect tonight for the race. Uh, The Max V. Lewis battle continues. And as we said before with Perez, um, you know, this is a track that is Red Bull focused. So Sergio should really be fighting for that second position, shouldn't he? Um, And when it comes to uh, his ability now, he's obviously a lot more comfortable in this car. Uh, He is the solution that they've been looking for since Daniel left. That's exciting for him. It's exciting for me because he's now my turbo driver in uh, fantasy. <laughs> so hopefully he does come second. But he should be rear gunning for Max, shouldn't he? And when we say rear gunning, he should be second. That's that, especially well, on this track. Anyone else on soft tires would worry about, but that guy will make him last. So he'll be fine. So him and Lando are both on soft. So expect them to get out and stay on the heels of the front two for a while. But then they're going to have to pit at some stage. So it'd be interesting to see. I think those two are racing each other to start with, to be honest, Perez and Norris. Um, yeah. So and that's something to, try to look and keep, out for. Try and keep Valtteri behind 
behind them as well. Um, so look, turn one's going to be carnage, I reckon. It's going to be oh, exciting. It's, it's four into one quite often there as well. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Um, I would look for Signs and Ricardo mm. to make some quick moves against Yuki and Russell, who we know don't start that well. Russell is constantly slipping back through the pack on his first lap. So I think those two inexperienced drivers could just have the two veterans sneak up and gain some quick quick places and then hold off with their tyre choice, which you would think is mediums. Maybe they throw something in there and go hard. I don't know. I think I think you might just be able to flip the strategy and go hard to soft. You, Why not? My concern, honestly, for Daniel on the start is Seb because Seb's on the inside and yeah. he's, you know, he is now fine, right? Everyone's sort of taken the pressure off of Seb. Um, he's a great starter and I think he's probably a better starter than Daniel too. So he's on, he's on the inside. As I said, Daniel needs to get on the inside to um, make sure he doesn't go too wide and get pushed out. So if he can either follow signs and cut off Fettel who, to force him on the inside, uh, sorry, outside, then maybe that's the way of doing it. But it's going to be a very, as you say, Mundus, it's going to be a very messy start. And just looking at who's starting where, there's a lot of strong starters all basically towards up to the 14th position. Um, Yuki's maybe Yuki and George, probably the, the two weaker ones in there, but you know, who knows what Alonso is going to be able to do stroll. This might be his one in five race that he actually performs at. (laughs) Who knows? Um, We didn't really get that opportunity. Does he reset when he crash? When he crashes, did it reset it at Magello? It starts again. Okay, yeah. so yeah, well, yep. potentially not then. <laughs> We've got to wait till um, Silverstone for him to perform. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting start. Um, this is why we love Formula One. Tracks like this, as you said, Manus, this is, it, it develops good racing. Um, qualifying was interesting. It was disappointing for Danny Rick, but as we've said, it's about 2022. So everyone just shut the hell up and enjoy watching him race people well. Um, How many times, lads, do we think the Hasses are going to be lapped? Three, five, ten? Oh, a million. (laughs) And let's quickly talk about rain, Manus. What what are the chances? Give us us the weather report, mate. Well, the the weather report as of one hour ago, um, one of the models is suggesting probably 90% chance of thunderstorms. There's Come an orange on. thunderstorm Ooh. warning, so let's hope we don't get red flags because we want to yeah. see some racing. But yes. uh, the GFS was saying, bugger all. So, you know, it could be heaps, it could be none. It's just very unpredictable yeah. up on those hills, as we know, so. So what's the scenario if we have a wet start? What, what happens? Who, who do you pick to get benefit out of a wet start? Verstappen and Lewis seal off into the sunset together, I reckon. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it's down to and those two. Prob- and then probably a crash, to be honest, because we've yeah. got a start here that's wet. I can't imagine them slotting in seamlessly behind each other going into turn one or even round to turn like three and four. That's just going to be carnage. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And let's be honest. for a great race. Let's be honest, Max is going to go to the pit box and angle to the right. Like every time he's put on pole, his aggressive angle towards cutting off whoever's in second is like – it's great. I mean, you know, whatever yeah. it's legal, right? So it's fine. But it's, uh, I think, in, in the wet as well, especially. Yeah, he. I think he's probably the best wet weather starter that we've seen. Um, and I only say that because I'm not sure the Mercedes is going to be able to put the energy into its tires going around on the formation mm. lap um, mm. at, that they would have done with Das last year. So I think they're actually really yeah. hurting without Das. It seems. But it's going to be good. It's yeah. going to be fantastic. Lads, uh, Manus, thank you for stepping in and being a, the best version of Campy. Um, thank uh, you for having me. 
It's been a pleasure to have you, Tommy T. Thank you for... Uh, actually, hang on. Can I just say, Tommy T, you haven't at all ragged on Campy and he's not here. And when I wasn't here, you couldn't help <laughs> I yourself. I was just about to. I was literally about to. I was saying it's really nice to have a podcast with people who can breathe correctly. Ah, yes. Um. <laughs> I'm not going to spend ages editing out the sucking noise of what sounds like a collapsed lung falling down a mine shaft. <laughs> uh, we'd say we love you, Campy, but we, you, uh, Campy. we can't lie on a podcast. That's not allowed, no. especially such a, a, a prestigious podcast such as the Oz F1 show. Uh, but, lads, thank you for your time. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to jump across to our Discord server. You will find Sir Dave Munnis in charge of the Discord. King Lord of the, of the Discord. King and Lord mm-hmm. of the Oz F1 show's community over there. We talk about all kinds of racing as well, which apparently is annoying because we're talking about too many types of racing now. Um, but if you can work out Changes the category. You get a gold star. Yes, I'm no longer in charge. So if you have any complaints, uh, the point them towards Tommy because it's all his fault. Uh, but join us on there if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Do all the things that good people do with podcasts. Lads, thank you so much for your time. And uh, Dave will chat to you on the Discord. Tommy T will chat to you bright early tomorrow morning about a wonderful race where Daniel Ricciardo wins in the rain with Max Verstappen second and uh, Kimmy third. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be an interesting time. Bring it. Uh, see you guys. Thanks. See ya. See ya. My message just went, none of it? I was like, no, none of it. <laughs> <laughs> none of it. This is really good practice. Damn it. <sighs> At least I hopefully won't be as nervous this time around. <laughs> Jesus, that Valtteri question. I was like, who is Valtteri? Uh, what the fuck? Who am I? It's my name. You're like, oh, no, nah, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine.